Hello, and welcome to the How I Manage podcast, your home for information, tips, and strategies to maximize your current or future real estate investment portfolio. I'm your host, Patrick Barricat, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Douglas Patterson. Uh, we have a great episode on tap for you guys today. We're looking to discuss rental prices and how you should price your rental property. And we actually have a great interview with a leasing manager from one of our offices who has been doing this for about 30 years. Uh, so she's going to give us some insight on some tips and tricks on how you should properly price your rental property and uh, the best way to maximize your return on income. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get right into it. All righty, let's get into it. Doug, how you doing today? I am doing well, man. Uh, excited for episode number two. Uh, the big deuce coming up. Uh, hopefully my auto sounds a little bit better. I know we're, we're trying to work and correct some things, but we got a really cool episode coming up. Uh, topic I'm actually really, really interested in and something that I think we can deliver a lot of value to the people here. So um, right back at you, man. How you been? Uh, doing great today. Doing great. Also excited for this second episode. You know, we're working our way through some kinks here and uh, hopefully this audio quality sounds a little bit better than the first one. Um, and, you know, I mean, for all those people who are loyal listeners, hopefully you continue to stick with us as we uh, work through this process. Uh, but before we jump in today's episode, which uh, I'm also very excited about, I actually have some breaking news that just came across my desk, Doug. This breaking news is brought to you by SIG Property Management Group, LA's number one source for property management. So it looks like the CDC eviction moratorium was ruled unconstitutional. This is a, an eviction moratorium that was actually in place that started September 1st, 2020. Uh, it actually started at the beginning of the pandemic, but you know, they extended it in September all the way through the end of this year, essentially. So, you know, we were kind of looking at a hold on any sort of eviction for non-payment of rent due to COVID. So it looks like last Thursday, which is uh, February 25th, a uh, federal judge ruled that the CDC's moratorium was unconstitutional. So what's that, uh, what's that mean for renters? For renters, if you're not paying rent uh, due to COVID restrictions, it's going to be an issue. Uh, unfortunately, there still are kind of rules and laws in place uh, per state. So, you know, it kind of depends on the state that you're in. Uh, but as of now, I mean, there is no immediate action when it comes to the side of landlords or renters. But it is a first step in, you know, making progress towards getting back to a little bit of normalcy for landlords and investment property owners. And are we going to have anything more on that for the listeners coming up in some episodes? Uh, yeah, I think hopefully within the next few episodes, we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into how the pandemic affected, you know, renters and landlords and how the eviction moratorium specifically affected all landlords and return on investment. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Love it. So let's dive right into our, uh, our main topic here. Uh, we're talking market rent analysis. Now, it's something that I know you and me uh, personally uh, have to do a lot of. A lot of people are really interested because that's kind of the one thing when you look to a property manager, one thing that they can really provide to you is a fair market rent analysis. One thing that we wanted to do is really dive into, you know, what is it, A, uh, and B, how does it affect you as either a self-managing landlord uh, or somebody interested in investment? And what, what does that mean to you? So one of the things that is really important, really the number one thing when you're looking at investment is carrying costs versus what you can get for rent or your market rent analysis. Now, whatever property you choose, you have to understand what the carrying cost that comes with that property is, and then what's the rent you can command for that. So regardless of the property commands, you know, $3,000 a month, if you can get $3,500 a month in rent for that, obviously that's a profitable unit. Uh, $1,900 a month carrying costs, but you can only get $1,800 a month in rent, that's going to be a little bit of an issue for you. So 
the market run analysis really comes in handy. Hey, Doug. Yeah, let me just stop you there really quickly. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, can you explain carrying cost? Oh, yeah. So, so carrying cost is basically what is associated with, with handling the property. Uh, we're talking property tax. We're talking mortgage. We're talking everything associated. Uh, what, it, what does it cost you to maintain the property, to, to own the property? Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about with carrying costs. I uh, appreciate you stopping me there, Pat, because I was just going to go on a tangent on something maybe the, uh, the people weren't aware of. Um, yeah, exactly. I just wanted the, to make sure everybody was aware of what we were talking about here. <laughs> yeah. So like, I understand, you know, even in the LA market, you know, the one that you're in, I, I assume carrying costs are outrageous. Is that, is that true? Or do you guys typically have a little bit lower? Uh, that is true. I mean, obviously, as you know, the valuation of homes is kind of a little bit higher here in Southern California. Uh, so mortgage expenses, property taxes, things like that, they definitely all add up. Uh, so the carrying cost of owning an investment property in a larger market is a little bit more than you would get in a smaller market like Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but you know, I mean, it's, uh, it all, it all depends on the market. And I mean, that all affects the rental rate, which we'll definitely dive into shortly here. Yeah. And, and that's something to really look for as an investor, um, understand the market surrounding the area, which you're interested in, uh, to, to invest in, because if the carrying cost of a certain property does not meet the market rent value, uh, that's going to be an issue for you as well. So make sure that the market you're looking into has rents that are, meeting or exceeding uh, the value of the carrying costs of the property that you're looking into. That's something that's really, really important. Um, yeah. So, so Doug, I wanted to, um, I wanted to kind of run a question by you. Uh, you know, for me and my clients specifically, I noticed that a lot of clients have trouble in pricing their properties correctly when it comes to, you know, the rental evaluation and things like that. Um, and obviously there are costs that are associated with a vacant property. Um, do you have any insight into that or do you want to just dive a little bit deeper into that subject? Yeah. So one thing that we do is, is a lot of the times we like to kind of change the mindset of the client that we're taking on in terms of how do they view vacancy and the, the amount of money that takes away from them uh, versus the amount of money that they're asking for in their property. Um, so to, to even give you an example, you know, let's say that your asking price is, you know, $1,000 a month, right? That's what you want for your property. Uh, and it's been vacant for one to two months. Now, if you're holding out for that $1,000, thinking that it's going to eventually rent, and then when it does, you, you got your price, right? You know, honestly, I think there's a little bit of pride involved with this, where you think because you got the price you're asking for, that you won the deal, or you, you know, were successful in, in your venture for real estate, uh, when that's not really the case, because what you just did is essentially by letting it go for one to two months in vacancy, you now actually only got 833 a month because of the internalized vacancy costs, right? So you basically just cost yourself those two months of rent that you could have got at, you know, let's say, 850 or 900. Um, and so now you're only getting 833 a month when you think you're getting 1000. So that's something that you, really a lot of people overlook, in my opinion. Um, you know, even if the rental price is lowered for a couple of weeks, the tenants that you're getting uh, to mitigate that month and a half that you would have with the higher price uh, actually ends up saving you, you know, over a hundred bucks a month just in the, in the vacancy rate alone. So really we like to have our clients kind of look at, look at it in those terms of how do I limit vacancy versus how do I get the most I can out of rent? Now, obviously you have your numbers that you have to meet, you know, you need a, a minimum of this much, um, but overshooting that amount can be so costly to people, especially when they're looking at certain aspects of, you know, uh, when it comes to vacancy, asking price, uh, and really, uh, the, the value of the tenant, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're getting worse tenants, the more money you ask for in your property. If it's not a good value, 
good tenants know that. Good tenants know good value. And that's something to really understand as well. For those of you that are self-managing, you know, the more you ask for, the worse tenant that's going to come along. And that's something that's going to cost you in the long run as well. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, in my experience, especially with, like I said, mom and pops and, you know, kind of self-managing landlords, uh, they try to get to that number so that they can, you know, cover their mortgage, cover their expenses. I mean, cover their carrying costs, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, but unfortunately, like you were saying, I mean, that ends up costing them more money in the long run because they're trying to hit that number, whether it be out of pride or maybe they're just convinced that their property is actually worth that value. And then they end up losing out in two, three, four months amount of rent. And, you know, that's just digging a hole deeper into their pocket. For sure. I mean, let me ask you a question. So you, we've obviously all been renters, right? If you see a property you really like and you look at it and you say, okay, it's a little overvalued. It's just probably not within my budget. Or I just, I think units of similar comp are a little cheaper in the area. Are you going to go back and look and see if that, you know, if that unit lowered its price at any, at any point, or are you just going to move on? Uh, if it's a unit I'm really in love with, I'll definitely go check it out again before I make my final decision. Uh, but for me, I mean, I'm a very thought oriented person. So I like to make sure that I have all of the information before I make any decisions. Um, you know, for somebody who's looking for a quick rental or somebody who's looking to, you know, move out of their place immediately, I would think that their timetable wouldn't even allow for that. So sometimes, I mean, in that scenario, they're just going to go for the renters just going to go for the cheaper option that's on the market. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed, actually, is that, you know, a lot of tenants have a lot of prospective tenants, at least have access to the same information that you as a landlord have when it comes to looking up what the market is doing, different rental apps, things like that. Um, so, you know, when it comes to that, they're able to see if your price is actually at the correct market value or not, or if it is overvalued or overpriced. Um, so that's definitely something that a landlord should be well aware of because, you know, we have access to all this information at our fingertips at all times. And so do these prospective tenants. So that could cause issues for you down the road in terms of vacancies. Exactly. And I mean, it's called a market rent analysis for a reason. You know, the market dictates what its value is. You know, you don't, you know, even experts in the field, and, and we're going to talk to one who's been in the, the business for 30 years, and she's going to give some, some awesome information in regards to what goes into these. Uh, but even she will admit that the market dictates exactly what your property is worth. Uh, comps dictate what your property is worth. So it's very, very hard for you as a landlord or you as a property manager to have a number in mind and really try to stick to that number no matter what happens, right? If you're not getting any interest on your property, you kind of have to be able to pivot. And that's a big thing, uh, especially to look for in a property manager, uh, is their ability to pivot or their business model, is it set up to pivot? Uh, if things don't go their way. If you're not able to get the amount of month, uh, if you're not able to get that amount in rent per month that you want or is ideal for you, do you have kind of an exit strategy or something where you can say, okay, if I don't get this much, I still have a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, and I know you're going to talk a little bit about the 2% rule, which it, it kind of caveats into that. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, what value a property manager can bring to you in regards to your market rent value. Now, we already talked a little bit about, you know, a property manager's ability to save you those vacancy costs, uh, which are so crucial because we're talking literally thousands and thousands of dollars per uh, year uh, and, and tens of thousands in a 10 year span, 15 year span of that income. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what a property manager can deliver to you and what they do maybe a little differently uh, in terms of what they're looking for in market rent analysis. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like with anything in life, uh, you know, 
it sometimes it's easier to do things by yourself, but you may not get the best results. Um, so, you know, bringing on a professional like a property manager who's able to assess the market, assess, you know, what's going on in the market based off of seasonality, based off of the comps, uh, based off of everything that's going around around your property, uh, that's going to be a huge benefit to a landlord. Uh, so an example that I like to give actually is, you know, Doug, I'm sure I've mentioned this to you before, but I absolutely love food. Um, and living in Southern California, one of my favorite burger places is In-N-Out. Uh, so, you know, the other day, actually, I tried recreating an In-N-Out burger at home and I got all the right ingredients. I got all the same ingredients that, you know, they have listed on their website. I tried to recreate it, um, you know, taste for taste, essentially. Uh, unfortunately, in that process, once I got the finished burger, it tasted nothing like an In-N-Out burger. So uh, the next day, I actually ended up settling and just going to In-N-Out and picking up a burger from there. And uh, lo and behold, it was another perfect In-N-Out burger. Uh, the quality, the consistency, it's always the same. And uh, I feel like that analogy kind of goes really well with bringing on a property manager to do a market analysis for you or to do a rental analysis on your property. Um, sure, you can do it yourself. Sure, you can look at Zillow and all of these other sites and try to kind of see what the market is doing. But if you don't really have insight into market trends and things like seasonality or things like the availability of renters or even things like the demand, I mean, you're not going to get the best result. Um, so, you know, hiring a property management company to kind of come and do that market analysis for you and do the rental analysis is like going to a professional, somebody who specializes in just making burgers, because you know, you're always going to get the best burger at the end of the day. Love it. I, it. That is absolutely a perfect analogy, because I think you can recreate things, but you don't, you might not necessarily have the data uh, or the, you know, the know-how to really put it together the right way. Um, one, I mean, another way to really look at it Again, if you're using your $1,000 a month rent comp, even if a property manager, you know, let's say a property manager, the biggest thing I always hear is, you know, I just, I can't, my cash flow does not allow me to have another extra $100 cost associated with my properties a month, right? You know, whether you're doing a percentage base of leasing or a flat rate, um, I know RL does flat rate. How does SIG do it? Do they do um, a leasing percentage? Yeah, we actually do a leasing percentage based off of a percentage of the income of the property. Yeah. So regardless of how you do it, you know, let's say a round number, about a hundred bucks a month, 150 even. If that property manager is even able to get your property li uh, listed for even one week sooner, right? Get, get that uh, occupied one week sooner. That's $250 that you just saved versus the hundred dollars that it costs you for that property. So that's $150 in your pocket, essentially, versus what you're doing on your own. Now, I know that's a one-time thing, so that doesn't translate into a month after month basis, but that's just one example of the way that they're able to actually save you money um, because you're bringing on a professional that knows exactly what they're doing. And, and that's really like the biggest thing that we can um, associate with that is it's not a cost, right? It's, it's, a, it's a perceived way to kind of save your money um, by saving you from making mistakes over and over and over again uh, and trusting somebody that's going to do it the right way. And, you know, I mean, to that point, Doug, um, you know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of property owners do see hiring a property management company as a cost, when in reality, they should be looking at it as a value add opportunity. Um, so, you know, when you do bring on a property manager, like you had mentioned, I mean, especially in a larger market like Los Angeles, where rent prices are a little bit higher, um, you know, if a property is renting out for an average of, let's say, 2900 a month, and your property sits vacant for one month, that cost of $2,900 will essentially cover the property management fees for an entire year. So if you look at it that way, I mean, the value that you're getting from bringing on a professional to do this service for you 
is, I mean, you know, it's astronomically different than actually trying to do it yourself and losing all that money and burning a hole in your pocket, uh, you know, longer term down the road. Um, and Definitely. then I did want to, yeah, sorry. I just did want to touch on one other thing. I know you had mentioned the 2% rule and I just wanted to touch on that really quickly because, um, you know, some of our listeners might not know what that is. Uh, a general rule when renting out your property, and I'm sure if you Google it or look online, um, a lot of savvy investors will tell you that your rental amount should be at least one to 2% of the total value of your property. Um, sure, this rule works when you're trying to come up with a quick number and maybe decide very quickly what your property is value should be on a rental market. Uh, but in reality, I mean, it doesn't take into account any other factors. So when we're talking to property investors, we actually caution against using that 2% rule, uh, just because there are so many other factors that come into play when it comes to actually evaluating a property and getting it to the right rental amount. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Because I mean, Columbus, from my experience is working on like a 1% rule. I mean, you really are lucky to get that. So you know, I, I completely agree with you that I think it's a little bit of a, um, it's a misguided approach for sure. I, I think that, you know, it's really good to look at some of these, you know, different websites and really do your research on how to become the best, you know, self-managing landlord you can be. And I think a lot of them do a really good job. And, and we love, you know, I know we love to take on companies and, and clients that know what they're doing and just expect us to kind of translate that into, you know, our, uh, a little bit more standardized approach. Uh, but at the same time, like if you're doing the research and you're finding out exactly what you want from your property, that 2% rule can be a little iffy on, you know, as you mentioned, determining factors and different things that go into it. Uh, and it really comes down to circling right back around to market run analysis is a huge dictation of that in terms of is it possible or is it not? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I think that we've covered enough of this topic and I think it's about time that we pass it along to the expert and see what, uh, see what she has to say. Love it. Uh, and real quick, let the people know where they can find you on LinkedIn as we uh, send it off to the interview here, uh, if they want to get a hold of you or anybody at SIG Property. Yeah, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn under my name, Patrick Barakat. And uh, if you want to find SIG Property Management, you can uh, just go directly to my LinkedIn page, or you can check out our website at SIGrentals.com. Excellent. And be sure to look at RL Property Management Group as well. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, any social media platform as well. Uh, and my name is Douglas Patterson. Feel free to look me up, ask any questions that you have. And we're happy to take on any insight that anybody would like to know about the property management or investment game. Uh, without further ado, let's kick it over to the interview. Uh, let's see what she's got uh, and some answers in terms of market rent analysis for us. So thank you so much, Monique, for uh, coming on board here and answering a few questions. If you wouldn't mind, just uh, give us a little bit of background on uh, you uh, your involvement in real estate, uh, and kind of just some things you like to do. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for having me on here. Um, I'm Monique Renault. I've been with SIG Property Management for about 16 years. I am the office manager and leasing agent for the office. Um, I have um, my real estate license as well, and um, I really enjoy doing it. I guess it's uh, pretty uh, exciting for me. And um, so I like doing that as well as uh, being in, in the outdoors and exercising and just trying to stay healthy and all that, especially right typical now. Typical stuff. What, yeah. um, what, what kind of drives you in, in what you do? Like you, you love the interaction with the people, kind of helping them provide a service to their investment portfolio. Um, I, what kind of, what really gets you going? 
So I'm local to the area and what really excites me is when I help a, a fellow community member or family find a location that they're happy with and then they start referring more business to me or they know a friend of a friend that's looking for something. So I'm the first person that they're going to saying, hey, um, I have a friend that's looking for this. Do you mind if I give your number out? And I usually get those probably two times, three times a week or something like that. So it's really beneficial to, you know, add the, the value and give great customer service because then they're return customers. Yeah. Yeah. So just being, uh, you know, an advisor and a professional in what you do. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of what we talked about in our first episode. Yeah. Uh, so Monique, I mean, the, essentially the topic of this episode was we're getting into market analysis and coming up with rental evaluations for certain properties. Um, mm -hmm. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, I know that a lot of factors come into developing a rental number when it comes to, you know, taking a property to market. Uh, in your mind, I mean, when you normally do your day-to-day -day business, what are some of those factors that it's included in the rental analysis that kind of help determine the value? So I would say some of the factors are like size of the building. You can't compare a three-bedroom to a one-bedroom. Um, any upgrades that the owner might have done, hardwood floors, laminate, things like that, th things that people desire to have um, versus carpet. Um, upgrades of kitchens and bathrooms are biggie as well. Um, also the zip code, uh, La Crescenta versus Tahanga area um, just here locally is night and day. So um, zip codes uh, yeah. is a big thing. Um, a lot of our cities are broken down into numerous different zip codes. So um, sometimes I've heard from owners like, well, that zip code is less, is less desirable than this one. So, and then amenities. If uh, utilities are covered or tenant has to pay all utilities or if it has a pool, things like that. So all those I take into consideration when determining a uh, rental value. Okay. So, and I noticed, sorry, I noticed you didn't mention one thing. Um, you know, obviously when you're doing the rental analysis, you try to look at the comps and see what the market is doing. Uh, that was kind of a big point of discussion for me and Doug earlier in this episode. Uh, so we just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on actually running the comps and, you know, are rental evaluations more dependent on the market or the property itself, or, you know, is it kind of a mixture of the two? I feel that it's a mixture of the two. Um, I'm out in the field often um, and know my surroundings as far as uh, I'll always pull comps. And then I'll also look at a couple of other different um, websites to see what their recommendations are or their rental evaluations. But uh, for apartments, um, if you have an apartment building across the street that is comparable to yours, um, you always can call them and find out exactly like, what are you renting yours for? I mean, because if they're renting it at 1700, there's no way you're going to get 1900 unless you've got all those great amenities or upgrades and stuff like that. So just, you know, looking around and seeing it's a mixture, I guess, of everything together. So obviously, you know, you deal with a lot of comps from even, you know, furbos and people that are just starting to look at investment. What are some of the, like, so if I'm a, if I'm someone interested in a property and I try to look at Zillow myself and I look at a rent estimate and I say, okay, like I can get 1500 for a property uh, and you go ahead and you tell me it's actually 12. Um, from a property manager standpoint, what 
factors go into you having the better comp than what maybe I could find it on Zillow or just a random website out there? What are some of the factors that you say, you know what, I actually think it's a little different than what you're finding uh, to be true? So that's a good point. I mean, like Zillow and the internet don't actually go out and see the house and see exactly what it has to offer and compare it to other ones. They're just pulling numbers from the sky. And a lot of times owners, unfortunately, think like, well, the Zillow estimator said this. So they go try to go off of those numbers. I always go with constant hand to where I can say like, well, based on your square footage and what you've done to the house, like sometimes you could even offend an owner if you don't do your homework and you go in with a low ball price and they're actually like, well, you need to do your homework better, you know, because, um, you know, they know the area. So like they might say like, well, Johnny down the street, two doors down, got 3,500. You're telling me I can only get 32. What's the difference? So, um, yeah, I, I just say like do your homework and make sure you have your comps in hand to say, Exactly. And this is why I'm spelling it out for that. Great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the last question from my end, uh, which I think might be important to listeners is, you know, you, like you said, you're out in the field a lot. You're doing a lot of rental evaluations. You're seeing a lot of properties. Um, when you're talking to specific clients surrounding the pricing conversations, uh, what are the biggest hurdles or kind of the most common objections that you get when you're discussing pricing or, you know, when you give that rental evaluation? So the biggest hurdle or objection that I hear is, and it just happened this last week where I had my comps um, in the ballpark of 45 to 4,700, but um, two owners and you know one owner says, I think we can get $5,000. In the back of my head, I'm like, okay, that's a bit of a stretch, but um, here are my comps. And this is the reason why I came up with this price. We'll set it at your price for a couple of weeks and see what we get as far as feedback. If we're not getting much interest, then, you know, we have to revert back to the expert of my price and start, you know, on the lower end. Otherwise, it's going to sit for a while. Uh, so from what I'm hearing from what you're saying and some of the things that you kind of put into the formulas that you come up with for uh, rental analysis, it sounds like really the, the, the reliancy on your expertise provides such a huge value to renters in terms of them getting the right price and allowing them to mitigate vacancy, uh, which was a huge topic that we discussed as well. Um, in terms of vacancy, what do you see your services and what you're able to provide? How does that translate directly into maybe someone who's doing it themselves? Uh, what, what is their, expect their expectancy for vacancy versus having that correct market analysis that you bring? Uh, and how does that relate to vacancy? So when I work with the owners as well as with the tenants, I have a, a dual fiduciary responsibility to help the owner as well as help the tenant. I don't want to gouge the tenant and I don't want the owner. I mean, because my, um, my commission is based on the, the rental rate as well. So I can promise them everything under the sun and say like, yes, we can get this. But if in actuality, if we're not, it doesn't set very well with them. And my, I guess I lose credibility. So um, I'm able to also vet those tenants that are coming in. We do credit, criminal eviction search, background history, as far as landlord tenants, um, they have to re meet a certain um, uh, credit score as well. 
And these tenants, I'm going to, to manage them as well. So I want to make sure I get a good quality tenant in there for these owners, um, that they're, the tenants aren't going to feel squeezed in paying the rent every month, and that they're going to pay rent comfortably, live there comfortably, be happy, and not want to move in a year to where I'm going to have to do this all over again. So it's a you know win-win when you when you're helping the owner and helping the tenant as well. So um, I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So the value, I mean, of bringing on a property management company from what I'm hearing is, you know, being able to retain a tenant at the right price, because, you know, if you're overpriced, the tenant's not going to stay for long. You're going to have a high turnover, which means more vacancies, which means more money out of your pocket. Uh, so at the end of the day, I mean, it is about finding the right tenant and being able to retain that tenant at the right price point. Um, so I guess my last question for you, Monique, is, uh, you know, obviously we talk a lot about being able to price things correctly. And I know that you mentioned adjusting pricing based off of the market, um, not necessarily off of the owner's expectations. Uh, so, I mean, when it comes to being nimble, how important do you think it is to be able to have the freedom to adjust the price based off of what you see on the market? Well, I like to uh, get the owners on board at the ons onset to say, I will price it at your range for two weeks. And after that two weeks, if we don't see any, and I can even put that even in my contract that saying that my leasing agreement saying, if after two weeks, we don't have any applications or interest in the property, we'll drop it by X amount of dollars, you know, whether it's $100, whether it's an amount or if it's the actual rate of the rent. And most of the time they agree to it because I mean, who wants to sit a, have a vacancy sitting on for a long time? Exactly. So, I mean, being proactive in that conversation at the onset with the meeting with the client is very important. Uh, so that way you can be reactive when it does come to the market and how the market is reacting to the actual property itself. Right. Um, Doug, any more questions on your end? No, I just really want to thank you, Monique, for coming on board. Uh, thank you for answering all our questions. I really hope this is helpful for you know future investors or current investors uh, looking for uh, how to get the best market rent analysis that they can uh, and how to reach out to a property manager. Um, I do know uh, that you know obviously you guys are in really good hands at SIG there with Monique uh, and over 30 years of experience. So we want to thank you there. And obviously this uh, interview was brought to you in part by RL Property Management Group located in Columbus, Ohio. So feel free to reach out to them. Uh, for any rent analysis and always reach out to SIG as well uh, if you need any market comps or anything that you need uh, in that regards. But just want to thank you for uh, coming on board, Monique, and uh, really hope that you have a great rest of your day and appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, very informational. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <Marie. See> ya. <laughs> thank you.